He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together? Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. This is it. You're listening to a podcast that was started during the pandemic. I at least had the decency to wait seven, eight months into the pandemic before I started my podcasts. But you know what? I've kept it going. So there's that. Other people started them immediately. I don't know. I'm not worried about what other people are doing. This was a podcast started so I could work on material when I had nowhere to go to do material because I did not want to get the coronavirus, the virus, the COVID, the virus that causes coronavirus, coronavirus that causes, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't want to get the bug. As it turns out, I got it. I got vaccinated. I got boosted. I got it anyway. (laughs) Fuck the world. But I realized it was a podcast where early on I was working on material a little more intentionally. At times, it seems like I'm a little caught up in uh, moaning about the ails of the world or overly celebrating the women. I don't want to say overly celebrating, enthusiastically celebrating women. I just had this thought the other day, why don't I be a little more intentional on trying to work out some material on the podcast? Because I realized way back when, when people left initial reviews of the podcast, they commented on how they liked listening to me trying to literally get my act together. Not that what you've heard over the last couple of years hasn't contributed to me getting my act together, and it really has, because if you have a podcast, and I'm not suggesting that you start one, but here's what a podcast forces you to do talk about shit you care about and if you do that enough and you get comfortable doing that enough invariably it's going to bleed into your act if not drive your act so it's been unbelievably valuable for me but as someone who's very time crunched and sometimes feels like god i should really spend more time i'd love or i shouldn't say should wish i had more time to work on my act as jay leno said in that great comedy store documentary yeah you know you you do your act and then you go home and you work on your act that's what a fucking comic should do you do the act go home work on the act get it better better get it airtight (laughs) like leno and then you're jay leno and you have a bunch of cars and no kids anyway at times all right just on to me the other day i kind of got away from quote working on material because I think what I felt happening was I would feel like we're not having a conversation if I'm if I'm quote bidding you. That's I've told you before that's what comics call it when you run material by unknowing audiences. And but a comic will stop and say, "Are you bidding me right now?" It's like, "Yeah, totally." So I didn't want it to feel like a podcast where I was just bidding you. But Apparently, people like that, and, and I think I, I I was reminded of it the other day because someone, someone called it out, like, you used to do more of that. So, that's on my mind. I'm not going to bit you incessantly, but I am going to try to make bits out of a few of the things I've talked about recently, just because, why not? Why not talk about the lifeguards who have nothing better to do? Nothing has ever, ever happened from anyone resting on the rope. 
if you've been to a public pool, if you've been to, I don't know, private pools may have them as well, but if you've been to a public pool and there is a rope separating like the shallow end from the deep end, sort of a line of demarcation, if you go swim over to that and you hang on it, some fucking kid's going to say, get off the rope. Or if apparently it's really bougie. I found this out this weekend when I was bidding someone talking about this. It's really bougie if you go to a pool that actually has a lane line. I didn't know a lane line was so bougie. But maybe it is. Maybe I'm living really well if I go to pools where there are lane lines. What's the difference between a lane line and a rope across the pool? I guess the lane line means that you have room for people to swim back and forth in lanes, and that means you're a millionaire. That's how somebody made it sound this weekend when I told them about hanging on the lane line has never caused anybody harm. But invariably, the lifeguards call it out. And after this woman said, oh, aren't you fancy? Lane lines at your pool. And I was like, oh my God, am I? did that sound really douchey? <laughs> to say there are lane lines? I didn't say they were fucking covered in gold. And it's unbelievable. There are Maseratis there. I don't know, Maseratis seem like a aspirational kind of douchey thing. Only because I know they're not as expensive as Bentleys. I looked I looked up the price of a Maserati one time, maybe 15 years ago, and it didn't seem all that expensive, not to you or me, but relative to uh, luxury cars like Porsche and Bentley and that sort of thing. It seemed like a little bit of a... Anyway, I didn't feel like... Anyway, she made me a bit, a bit self... She's like, oh, lane lines, oh, la-di-da. Nothing has ever come from anyone hanging on a lane line. So after the woman calmed down for calling me out for just spreading my wealth all over the place by saying there's a lane line in the public pool I go to, she then said, oh, well, they don't want you to hang on it because they're going to pull out of the wall at the end, the weight in the middle. And I was like, God, you're probably not that much fun at a dinner party. Because you know what? Never has the weight of a 165-pound man, and that that's me, uh, that was what I weighed uh, sometime last time I weighed myself, 165. I should I should bulk up a little bit, right? should be like 195 for the purge. But that's this woman's, this is why it was not that interesting talking to her, because the idea that I'm like bouncing on that thing at 165 pounds and I'm going to pull. She's like, well, because they don't want you to pull it out of the sides. It's fucking a steel hook in a concrete edge of the pool. Nothing is going to happen. Never has a lane line been pulled from the wall of a pool. Yet somewhere it was established. You know what it is? It's lifeguards. It's it's lifeguards are the cops of the pool, and they don't like to see anyone beat. <laughs> That's what it is. This is how I'm getting my act together. I wouldn't have gotten there. I wouldn't have spent the time thinking about it probably today. So thank you for enjoying the journey with me. <laughs> lifeguards being the cops of the pool, they don't like you hanging on the lane line because you've gamed the system. Cops don't like people having fun. 
right? Cops really don't like people who've figured out how to game the system. And if you're swimming in a pool, you should be exerting yourself. Cops probably think, lifeguards, (laughs) probably thinking you should be doing your part. You should be trying effortfully to keep yourself afloat. They're probably like, it's the cost of admission, bro. If you can't keep yourself above water, you shouldn't be in the pool. And the lane line is like a cheat code. (laughs) Because you make it to the lane line, you're safe, and you can hang out and bullshit. And like I said on the podcast the other day, maybe have a nice fancy cigarette and a Campari and soda. So maybe that's why they hate it. Because it's, it's, it's lazy. Is it or is it smart? Why do you hate it? Never. Show me. I can only imagine. I spend one one hundredth of the time you do on YouTube. And I can only imagine that there is a YouTube video for everything. Everything. And I mean everything. There is even one or two instructional videos on how to do a one and a half forward somersault dive off a one meter springboard. Three meters? I don't know. Whatever it is. The low dive that I'm trying to do the one and a half on. Like I said, there are even a couple videos on how to do that. There are videos of landslides. There are videos of people cave diving. There are videos of girls and cups and all sorts of things. There's videos of, uh, you know, how to learn how to code, how to play. Uh, Mary had a little lamb on the piano for experts. There's a video, I presume, for everything. And I guarantee it. And it's not a question of the week this week. It's a challenge of the week. Prove me wrong. There is no video that shows a person hanging out. There probably are videos of submarines crashing into each other, of helicopters flying into buildings and power lines. That sort of low base rate event that nobody ever talks about. I guarantee you there is no example of somebody hanging on a lane line or a rope across a pool and that lane line and rope pulling out of the concrete on the side of the pool. There's no consequence for the behavior authorities, so why enforce it? Why? No, don't run. That I get. No running. I get that. A pool's a slippery place. People can fall. They can hit their heads. There are liabilities. Kids flying around. We don't want them to get injured. We don't even want the adults to get injured for the most part. There's no, nothing happens. Nothing, there's no consequence. You know what the consequence of hanging on a lane line is? It's a kid yelling at you and you yelling back as a grown man, fuck off. And then everybody's looking at you like, dude, why have you not worked through your issues with authority? And that's like, well, it's a great question. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Because I'm too busy trying to get my act together. That's what it is, though. I think the lifeguards, the cops, they like to have something as cops do, as an NFL referee who's standing there with a whistle in his mouth. Is he more likely to blow it with the, with the whistle in his mouth? Absolutely. Than if it were hanging around his neck. He's got to be ready. 
Well, the readiness also primes him psychologically to see fault. And the fact that the referees are racist doesn't help either. <laughs> so, lifeguards have to, and the referee, he's a grown man, everybody. He's a grown man who keeps his hand on a yellow handkerchief so he can throw it at other grown men. What are we doing here? And you're worried about women having control of their bodies? You should look at the NFL. It has grown, middle-aged, you have grandfathers throwing red and yellow handkerchiefs at each other. You should start there before you focus on what a woman can or cannot do with her body. You fucking Puritans. Not even Puritans. You religious maniacs. You like your goddamn laws, though. I'll say that about you. You like telling people what to do, trying to... You know what you try to do? You try to hold water in your hands. And you can't. Until you stack the court. But it won't matter. It won't change what you really want to change. And you don't even fucking want to change anything. You don't value life. You value telling people what to do. You, you don't care more or less than the atheist, than the uh, heretic about life. What you care about is your self-righteousness and telling people what to do. Anyway, which is consistent with NFL referees. These are grandfathers out there who have their hands on a yellow flag ready to throw it at another man. And if he doesn't like to weigh you at another grandfather, and people, it is a multi-billion dollar non-profit industry, industry, business. NFL is a non-profit, as you know. A grandfather throws a yellow flag, and another grandfather doesn't like it. He can throw a red flag at him. These are handkerchief-throwing men. No wonder people are like, the NFL is so fucking gay. Gay comics say that about the NFL. Anyway, if you are prepared to see an offense, to have a uh, rule to enforce, you're going to enforce it. So if you're sitting in your little lifeguard chair, and I'm not talking about a 14, I'm talking about the uh, aquatic industrial complex. If you're prepared to see offense, to see violation, you're going to see it. But what I want to underline here is you don't like it because it's kind of an outlaw move. <laughs> outlaw is a bit strong. We're not talking about like Hell's Angels or, you know, Vladimir Putin or something like that. Just saying. Uh, it's, a, it's a cheat code. It's a way... It's it's gaming the system. You're not in peak physical shape. Fucking stop on the lane line, dude. No worries. Get off the lane line. Why? What happens? Nothing. And what are you if you're in if you're enforcing a rule or regulation that has no practical outcome? You are. An empty shirt. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems absurd. I, I think that's just if I thank you for listening and, and God bless Good to you and your families. I, I would not have landed on that, but that's what they hate about it. They hate the fact that you're like all cops. 
Lifeguards are not cops. <laughs> That's the Coast Guard. They're cops. They're part of the military. They are a branch of the military. <laughs> they, lifeguards just don't like the fact that you're having fun. And you've, you're like, hey, this is pretty nice, bro. And you're smiling and you're being lazy. And it's their job to remind you of some waspy bullshit or something. I don't know. It, it just seems absurd. Nothing ever happens <laughs> when anybody hangs at lane, lane line and find the video of the world coming to an end of a, a dude, a 7,000-pound man hanging on a lane line, pulling it out at the pool, draining through the sides. It just doesn't happen. But prove me wrong. Also, at the pool the other day, in the shallow end, I was just sitting there. I was sitting. I was sitting on the side across from the shallow end. Uh, just sort of watching. I was watching my daughter just flopping around like a fish. Talking to my wife for a second, then my wife was gone. I, I was just hanging out, kind of idly, staring across the pool, before my shows on Saturday, which were a blast. And I saw. A man in his 40s lift a woman in the shallow end and like scoop her up as if he were carrying her across the threshold on their wedding day. And it was it was kind of a I don't want to say a startling or arresting. It was an unusual image because let's be honest, at the pool I go to, even though my wife and I are older parents. Regardless of the age of the parents, a lot of the kids are under the age of 10 years old. So, the couples are not exactly radiating romance. I'm not saying that they're not in love. I'm not saying that they aren't having a good time. That they aren't drinking Topo Chico mango salsa water with one another. Because that's happening, definitely. But it's not like, it's not Miami. Let's put it that way. It's not, watch this, public display of affection. You know what? There's plenty of affection happening at my pool with the parents and the children because they're simply all there present. And that's a sign of affection. People are spending time with one another. And, you know, people are throwing their kids around the pool. Lord knows I have pool toe now. But you know what? My core, by the end of the summer, my core is going to be like a homeless person's. You ever see like a ripped homeless person? Like just shredded? That's how I'm going to be. Like a, you know, San Francisco Union Square homeless person just ripped to death. That's how I'm going to be by the end of the summer from throwing my daughter all over this pool. Be interesting to track the, the... I bet I have thrown her already by this time of the summer. Cumulatively, I've thrown her a quarter mile. <laughs> so I'm going to be ripped. My core is coming along. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know, having a big reveal at the end of the summer. So there are couples there getting along. Like I said, it's just not a, it's not a sexy environment. It's not like... It's, it's moms, it's dads, it's people who have worked the day and they're squatting up to go to the pool with their kids, right? 
it's not uh it's not like a lot of you know like behaviors more characteristic of earlier times in your relationships okay so that's just want to i just want to present the general context here it's not lascivious <laughs> People aren't blowing each other at the side of the pool. It's a family environment. People are tired. They're uh, happy because they're with their families. They're just, you know, getting through. It's it's life. So the notion, the, the presentation of a man carrying a woman as if you were carrying her over the threshold is really, really uncharacteristic of the environment. I probably... I don't want to. I don't want to paint a like bleak, loveless, sexless presentation of the pool area, but it's little kids. It's moms who have three-year-olds and five-year-olds and seven-year-olds and six-month-year-olds. Dads doing the same thing. Oh, right, everybody's in it. It's not. It's not a hypersexualized environment. Then again, all these kids are the result of people, uh, you know, making the beast with two backs. As Bill Shakespeare said in Othello, except for ours. Ours was made in a laboratory. Naturally. I'm naturally is that natural? Ours was made uh with the combination of my seed and my wife's ovum. Ova? 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 Ovum? Anyway. But it uh, we we were a uh, a commingling of the two. Well, we've never had sex, actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's not exactly... All those kids are the product of, uh, you know, the birds and the bees. So here's this man, no different than any of the other men, ex you know, in age or phenotype, if you will, in reasonable shape, works probably full-time, probably starting to you know, not let himself go, but he only has so much time in the day. And here he is, has his wife in, or I presume wife, this woman in his arms, a grown woman with a one piece on, almost exclusively one pieces at this pool, except for now this new look where they, uh, there's the high-waisted bathing suit coming back. I don't know. I don't know, women. You know more about fashion than I do. I don't under, I didn't understand high-waisted jeans in the 90s or whenever that was and I don't understand them coming back. But you know what? They aren't meant for me. They weren't meant for me then. They aren't meant for me now. Do your thing. I didn't get it. I don't get it. Similarly, I don't get the high-waisted bathing suit other than it's like, you know, yeah, I just want some fucking coverage so I can sit and drink my Topo Chico and not have to worry about feeling self-conscious. I was going to say worry about some dude staring at me at the pool. I don't really think that's happening at the pool I go to. I don't think there's a lot of leering. <laughs> I'm just speaking for myself, but I don't think there's a lot of leering at women's bodies at my pool. Or men's bodies either, for that matter. These are relationships, couples. They have bigger fish to fry, I think, than trying to do some ice storm thing. These are not people who have, you know... 14 year olds and 18 year olds and you know are, are going to uh key parties at night i don't think i don't know or we you know we haven't fucking been invited to a key party why not shake it up a little bit 
<laughs> anyway, so here's this man carrying this woman across the pool in her one piece. And my thought was, even though there's this strong, uh, non-sexualized context, wow, that guy is more romantic than I am. I love my wife. I hug my wife at the pool. I will occasionally, occasionally we'll have a little smooch, a little kiss. But generally speaking, the pool, it's about the girl, as is most of the shit in our life is about the girl. So my first thought was, wow, this guy is more romantic than I am. And then he takes the two steps out of the pool to the edge. And I'm only watching him. I'm not watching where he's going. I'm only watching him carrying his wife. He takes two steps out of the shallow end, which at that point is like, you know, two feet at the most. And he sets the woman in a wheelchair. And my first thought was, that guy is way more romantic than I am. He's romantic to carry her across the pool, but then that, putting her in the wheelchair, you know you see someone who's like a, just, like he's like a better man than I am. Oh, dude, you would do it. I would, but in that moment, that guy was better than me. And I guess what that was, I just did for fucking 15 minutes, is bit out like a one-liner that's like uh, essentially saying that, what, I wouldn't care for my wife if she in a wheelchair? So it's kind of a dumb bit. It's, it's a dumb one-liner. But you know what? It might be worth a single laugh. It might be a passing joke sometime. Of course I would take care of my wife if she in a wheelchair. You know, I actually have a couple or one friend uh, who may listen to the podcast, so I don't want to talk about his business, so I'm not going to. But life throws you, and it hasn't thrown us this car, this pitch yet. This life throws you, throws that lot of, what does life throw at you? I don't know. It can throw shit at you where all of a sudden one of the people has like a debilitating illness that lasts forever, and the other person has to take care of him. Well, that's why they call it till death do you part. I know. I'm just saying shit can get heavy and shit can get real. So, I mean, ultimately, I was very moved by that. But the joke would be, like, that guy is way more romantic than I am. And that's, I wouldn't say any of that other than just that little snippet of, uh, I guess, essentially a one-liner. One-liner for the audience in a comedy club where they can laugh. <laughs> But now, like, a bad joke for you all, and that's me sort of uh, trying to distance myself from the Southern southern culture right now. The Southern culture, which is so prevalent in the world. I've stopped saying y'all, or I've tried to. I, now I say you all. Not not the South, just the, the, the mentality that I'm talking about, even though I love y'all. I love y'all. I know the plural of y'all is all y'all. Anyway, that would have been a joke. That would be a one-liner. Probably not going to get a whole lot out of the lane line, but I'll give it a shot. The other thing 
I'm going to I'm not going to take you into it and bit you on it, but everybody should be a dad just to know what it feels like on Father's Day. I was thinking about that. Whatever that was, the Father's Day podcast. Just cuz it's you know, it's maybe like I don't know if I compared it to it, like probably compared to cops, which I compare everything to cops to being a cop. It's maybe like you're a you know, you could be a soldier and I know, thank you, people who are in the armed forces listen to this podcast. There are, you know, you could be a war criminal and get off the airplane in Hearts in Atlanta at Hartsfield Jackson with your fatigues on and you get a standing ovation. That's the experience of being a dad on Father's Day. Is that a is that a tag or an analogy in there? <laughs> I'm not a war criminal. I don't wear fatigues, but in public I get a standing ovation on Father's Day only, just because I'm the character. Except or I'm I'm playing the role. Except, like I said when I talked about it last time, it might also be the way of the group reinforcing your behavior. Like, dude, you're the best. I have, a koo- I have a koozie that says it, world's best dad. And I show dads at the pool, like, hey, anybody have any fucking bright ideas? It's me over here, okay? So I think I'm going to, I think I might try that a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just the, what's the point of it? The point of it is, it's not about men. It's not about men. It's about conferring value on something you have no idea about but you suppose is a certain way but maybe because you're part of the flock that wants to reinforce the good behaviors also one more thing on a parenting note hold on one second one more thing on a parenting note parents will listen to this Ellen C I know is a parent 15 I don't know if 15 it's never come up. And parents usually communicate to other parents that they are part of the same experience. 15, you don't have any kids, do you? <clears throat> Let me know. I, I don't think 15 has any kids. Anyway, parents who listen to this may remember when your kid was very small or before you had a kid. We had, my wife and I did, we had a touch of paranoia about we did not want to obviously leave the baby in the car, leave the toddler in the car. Like, like we were like, okay, make sure you know the way it's. We took precautions, maybe not excessively, but we were like, all right. I, I was trying to talk to her like psychologically. So the reason people. If they're not trying to fucking kill their kids, which some people do, or some people want to, if they're not trying to, if they're not trying to kill their kids, the way this usually happens is, it's when they are so automated in their process, right, that they don't even allow for the possibility the kid could be in the car, and that sounds bizarre and maybe uh, sociopathic. But what I mean is, if you drive to work the same way, and your routine every morning is the same, and you it's exact to the second, 
And one day your spouse says, oh, actually, I need you to take the baby. I'm going to put the, I need you to take the baby to uh, her aunt's house, right? Her aunt's house. You're like, yep, got it. And the next morning, <clears throat> you might even load the baby in, go back into the house, get your coffee, whatever you do. And you're so programmed by that 20-year routine that you almost don't have available to you stopping at the aunt's house to drop off the baby. And then you get to work and, you know, nine hours later, the baby's been in the car and people look at you like you're a monster. Right? It's a, it's a big thing. We didn't want that to happen. That's what I tell my wife. I'm like, it's it's when your normal routine, uh, there's a deviation, but the strength of the old routine is so powerful that you almost didn't have a chance. And and that might sound insane, but that's how some shit happens. You just, I it never crossed my mind. I never thought about it. You know, like that sort of, I, I'm. I'm I'm speechless. And you know, after the fact, I'll be like, you fucking callous motherfucker didn't even pay attention. I get it. Anyway, we were we didn't talk about it every day. Well, we didn't want to do that. Once or twice, like that would be the worst thing ever. Let's not leave the baby in the car. And it turns out it's not that hard to do. <laughs> you just have to pay attention. Which sounds like I'm impugning people who've done that accidentally. And I'm not. But also, it's not that hard. Even though I just talked about the system and the power of it. And now, talking it out, talking it out, like, is this going to be a bit? No, because who's the ultimate uh, target? It would be people who've done that accidentally. And that's not who I want to go after because I know it's an accident. And I don't think you should punish someone for a mistake. But then again, I'm not a cop <laughs> or a lifeguard. But it turns out it's not that hard. And then once at least my child was past the age of about one and a half, it would be impossible to ever, ever forget she's in the car with you. And those would be the bits that I would think about that I would maybe try to riff out on the podcast. I think... I don't have a lot to work with. I don't know that. Uh, except, you know what? I'm going to try the dad thing. The dad thing I like. And I'm going to remember the, uh, you know, you could be a returning war hero. No, uh, war criminal. But if you're dressed the right way, showing the right markings, like, oh my gosh. Standing ovation, the the. The captains on the plane, you know, we have a uh, we have a dad from Atlanta, and uh, if you could take off your caps and uh, put your hand over your heart, maybe it highlights how ridiculous it is that we just blindly celebrate anyone. I don't know. That there's going to be some legs in that. Everyone should be a dad to experience what Father's Day is like. Is there going to be legs in? Well, you know what? It, is there going to be legs in doing bits on lane lines? It depends. It depends how many people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if I see it at the pools, and there are lots of other people that go to pools, maybe. So I'll try that. I have 
some confidence that I can get something out of the Father's Day thing, and I really like it also because it's real to me. And the lane line thing, I'm not quite sure about. I just don't know how many people have... I have lots of jokes about politics and heavy shit and holding the system accountable and trying to do all that. But also, I need... You know, some material that doesn't have anything to do with that. So I don't need to make it the cops of the sea or the cops of the pool. It'll just be a matter of figuring out how many people actually experience somebody saying, get off the lane line. Whatever fucking happens, bro. It's not electrified. I think you're just mad because I've figured out a way to hang out here without treading water and getting tired. And making you have to come save me. Was that it? Was that <laughs> Were those the tags that I needed? And now I can act it out on stage, me floundering around, the lifeguard going, ah, fuck, I got to go help this guy out. We'll see. The Father's Day thing, yes. Also, speaking of the pool, I would like to, uh, I, I recall, I would like to am- amend, correct, add a note to the previous podcast. I hope you saw the... Uh, I hope you saw the amazing photos of Andrea Fuentes saving the life of Anita Alvarez or Anita Alvarez, Alvarez, the U.S. artistic swimming coach diving into the water, helping her, uh, her what do you call it? Her team member, her the person she coaches from fucking drowning because she fainted and fell to the bottom of the pool. Well, I also made it seem like the pool was, you know, 20,000 leagues beneath the sea. On second glance at the photo, the pool looked like it might have been eight feet deep. It wasn't like I thought, um, you know, 20 feet deep. And I'm not taking anything away. I just want to be, I just want to let you know, I, uh, I don't like to, always speak from ignorance i like to at least think that i'm right and i happened to look at it and like realized oh shit where the the roof of the pool comes over i thought that was continuing upward so still it wasn't 20 feet but uh it was very very impressive and uh very very still very moving the most amazing thing uh i've seen and to think that i saw it like a day or two before the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. It's almost ironic. Like this is what women do, and you're, you got you you jokers, you 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 children, you Kavanaugh's and Amy. We have a a justice named Amy. Why not just call her Karen? The fact that they did that right after this woman, uh, Andrea Fuentes. I know it was not in response to her action, but also what fucking dicks you are to make that announcement on a Friday. That's all you need to know about this country. They made that announcement on a Friday, Friday morning. Hey, 60, 70 percent of the country who's in favor of women having reproductive freedom, 70 plus percent of the country uh we're gonna bum you out not only forever but we're gonna start it on a friday so we can guarantee we fuck up your friday night 
Of course, we drive bar sales. And then also ruin your weekend. It's like, you know what you should do? You should have the balls to fire somebody on a Monday. As a, you know, they, the big deal is you fire somebody on a Friday, Friday afternoon, so they can, you know, what? So they cannot shoot you. That's because they feel you've wronged them. And I'm not saying that you did wrong them, even though on Friday. Why do you even make the announcement, Jesus Christ, on a fucking Friday? Okay. So anyway, I did a pretty good job not talking about that. So I think there's going to be a little something out of the Father's Day thing. There's not going to be much. I'm not going to. It just turns out it's not hard to not lock a kid in a car. That doesn't go anywhere. Because then I'm just picking on people who've lost kids. And that's fucked of me. And I don't want to do that. Um, lifeguard lane lines. <laughs> we'll have to see about that one. It's Tuesday night. For my people in Chicago. Now I will tell you the lineup for Limerick Junction. Okay. My people in Chicago know that every Tuesday there's a great free comedy show here in Atlanta that's not going to last forever at Limerick Junction. It starts at 9 p.m. and it has an amazing lineup. Who's on it tonight, dude? I'll tell you who's on it. Powell Mansfield kicks off the show. You know who's next? Nomi K. Baker making her Limerick debut. Powell rips every time, so he's going to set it up and probably dig out for me trying to work on, uh, you know, some guy carrying his wife into a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm be like, why isn't anybody laughing? Limerick, not ready to have a great show. And Powell will come up, roast me, and get the show where it needs to be. Followed by Nomi K. Baker, who's going to be followed by Kamal the Secret Genius, who I love and is making his Limerick main show debut. Kamal is going to be followed by one of my favorite comics, who periodically will just take a couple years off. <laughs> just every once in a while, he'll take a couple years off, and then he'll come back, and I'll I'll get a signal. He's not online. He's, I don't think he's on Instagram. I don't think he's on Facebook. I just get a signal that says he's ready, and I have him on. His name is Chris Weathers, a.k.a. Crid. <laughs> So Crid is going to be on right after Kamal. After Crid, it's Khalil White, a new Limerick favorite. He's only been doing the show for like the last six months. I've had him on before, and he rips. So Khalil, all right, here's how it goes. Powell Mansfield, Nomi K. Baker, Kamal the Secret Genius, Crid. <laughs> Crid is one of my favorites. Crid is going to be followed by Khalil White. And then after that, you have Katie Hughes? Wait, she's not even featuring? I know. I had a drop, and I was like, hey, Katie, you want to do the show? And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. Katie Hughes, who has a terrific comedy album called Queen of the Castle, she is going to be uh, and works the Helium Clubs and is just a terrific comic. She is going to be uh, after Khalil, and then closing out the damn show is uh, one of my favorites, Patrick Dalton. He is the feature comic, and he's featured before. He's been on the main show. If you're in Atlanta, you know him and love him. But if you're in Chicago, you're really going to like him. So check him out. Check all those comics out. Patrick Dalton, Katie Hughes, Khalil White, Crid. 
<laughs> Chris Weathers, Kamal the Secret, Genius, Nomi K. Baker, and Powell Mansfield. Thanks so much for listening to me trying to get my act together. Is there something in the Father's Day about the war criminals coming home and you're like, you know what? I don't care what they say about you. <laughs> there might be. I don't know. And who knows shit about lane lines. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you on Friday.